Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Annamie Paul, leader of the Green Party of Canada. Uh, hello, Annamie, and thank you for joining me today. It's really great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Um, so obviously, I'm just going to start off with some of the recent events in the Green Party have been the largest news story, which I'm sure is devastating to you and to members in the party. Um, so the main topic that we're going to focus on today is just core Green Party policy, because um, that's obviously what a regular interview should be about. Um, but unfortunately, some recent events have occurred. And so um, I am just going to start out with one question about some of the events that have happened just to kind of get it out of the way. And then we'll dive uh, deep into some of the wildfires and climate change events that are happening. So just what would be your response to someone who is maybe um, a little bit on the fence now about voting green because of some of the recent um, events and then leaked documents that the media has been receiving? And uh, yeah, I'll just I'll leave the floor open to you to comment on it. Uh, my uh, main encouragement to people, and it would be the same at any point, uh, is that we have a, a parliamentary democracy. Uh, we have a system where the relationship between members of parliament and the constituents who elect them should be very strong. Uh, that should be the primary relationship. And so I would always encourage people, no matter which party you're interested in, no matter how you vote, no matter what policies you're interested in, to always get to know your local candidates. Make sure that you uh, attend the debates. Hopefully we'll have the chance to have some in-person debates this year, but if not virtually, make sure that you ask questions, make sure you ask them about um, their stand on the policies that matter to you, uh, and then send the very best person that you can to Ottawa to represent your community. So in my case, I think that uh, there will be a lot of people that will conclude if they do that, that the best person is uh, their local green candidate. Uh, but I think that's always important to do your homework and satisfy yourself because we don't have a presidential system. Uh, we're, not electing, uh, we're not electing a president where you're electing a local parliamentarian who has to show up every day and work for you. Yeah, and then um, I, I remember back on um, the night of uh, the leadership, it was kind of back and forth between you and the second place candidate. But why did you initially uh, get involved in politics. Obviously, you've now ran twice in the riding of Toronto Centre. So why did you get involved? And then how did you eventually come to the path of running for the leadership of the Green Party? Well, there, there are some big, not just challenges, but also opportunities that we that we face both here in Canada and globally um, that really are going to require uh, coordinated action. Uh, they're going to require different levels of government to coordinate and cooperate. They're going to require people at the community level to coordinate and cooperate. And so that's what I wanted to be a part of. You know, there is not one single person or one single community or even one single country, for instance, that can solve the uh, climate uh, emergency. Uh, that's going to require all of us. Uh, and so I wanted to be part of a political party at this moment because I felt that uh, that would be a way for me to contribute to positive uh, coordinated action and to do some things uh, collectively that I couldn't do individually. So that really was the motivation for me uh, to, to join a party. And the Green Party is the first party that I, I ever joined. I'd never belonged to a political party before. And uh, it really was uh, because of that. I really believe in, in positive collective action. Okay, I want to talk about wildfires because obviously um, many scientists are saying that this is obviously due to climate change and the climate crisis. So, um, I mean, it, it's becoming a seasonal thing now. It's becoming, we're beginning to feel 
um, and we have smoky air now because of the wildfires in uh, northern Ontario and really now across Canada. So um, what should the federal governments be doing to work with the provincial governments and just how do we stop this from becoming more of a seasonal routine? Yeah, well, you know, it's, I mean, first, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking so much these days about uh, the hundreds of people uh, that died uh, during the, the heat dome that settled over BC. Um, we learned last week that at least 570 of the deaths that happened in just the course of a few days uh, could be traced directly back to the extreme heat and those people would not otherwise have died at that time. Uh, that's more people than died in a whole month of the pandemic, even in the most deadly month of the pandemic out in BC. So this is something that has a real impact. It's really definitely a life and death thing. Um, the, the wildfires, you know, the extreme heat makes them more, more, uh, more uh, likely. And the extreme heat is becoming more common, as you said. Um, we have two things we're going to need to do. One is mitigation because some of the impacts of uh, climate change are here. Uh, they're not going away, they're not reversible, uh, at least with the te technology that we have now. And uh, those, you know, those uh, changes mean that we do have to mitigate. We have to make sure that it's less likely that fires happen in the first place. Basic things like clearing brush, you know, cutting down uh, dead wood, um, giving people the tools they need to keep their communities safer, making sure that our houses and communities are more fireproof, uh, those kind of things. So the mitigation side. The other side, of course, is preventing it from happening, as you said, more often. Um, because, you know, we, we've heard in the last few weeks that if we don't keep our temperatures from rising even further, that we can expect extreme heat events um, every five to ten years instead of every thousand years. Um, so the biggest thing that the federal government can do is to do our fair share in the global efforts to keep um, us away from runaway global warming. And that means cutting our fossil fuels. Uh, it means investing in renewable energies. Uh, it means investing in green technology. It means getting our emissions way, way, way down. Okay. Okay, and so um, my next question, Amy, is obviously the findings of uh, unmarked graves at residential schools are now known about across the country. Um, the NDP and uh, your uh, colleague Jagmeet Singh has called on David Lametti, and actually I believe it was Charlie Angus and uh, Mumi Lakakak that did this, but, um, and they're calling on the Justice Minister to appoint a special prosecutor to uh, examine crimes uh, against Indigenous people. So uh, do you, do, does the Green Party stand uh, with the NDP in calling for a special prosecutor? Well, this isn't, this, uh, well, first, first, uh, it's, you know, there's, there's never any adequate words to, to communicate the, the feelings and the grief that these discoveries have, have caused. Um, you know, we, we knew, uh, some of us, not, not all of us, not the general public, uh, that there were, uh, these unmarked graves all over the country and there are still more. And we knew that the, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission had asked, uh, back, um, in, uh, 2017, they had asked for money to be able to investigate uh, the locations of these unmarked graves. So even though we knew that this was that this was a reality, still every time there's a new discovery, it's incredibly painful. Um, the the request that's made, you know, the way that we approach it is that our job when it comes to uh, indigenous peoples 
is to follow the leadership of Indigenous peoples, uh, to, to, to be there to support their calls to justice, their calls for action, uh, as opposed to proposing our own. And so when Mumalak uh, contacted uh, me directly um, uh, to ask for uh, support uh, in the March for Justice and support in the calls uh, that she was making, uh, then that's what we did. So I don't consider these things to be uh, partisan issues. I don't consider it to be political. It's really a case of respecting Indigenous leadership uh, and the, uh, the requests that, and calls to action and justice that are being made by Indigenous leaders and, and lending our voice whenever we are asked to lend our voice. Okay, and my final question to you today, Enemy, is we've seen reports um, yesterday by the Hill Times um, indicating that senior liberals were talking about a potential election being called next Sunday, meaning um, it would be a pandemic election. You'll be the Green candidate in Toronto Centre for a third time. Um, you ran in the by-election back in October 2020. Um, you were defeated by Marcy Ian, but it was not nearly, um, I think you often point out that it's one of the most safest liberal ridings in the country. Um, and so in, in one of the most uh, liberal ridings, what would you say to the, um, it was 9.3% uh, of voters that made up the difference between you and Marcy Ian. Um, so, so why should people um, in Toronto Centre give you their vote? And then what would you say to that 9.3% of people that can kind of make up the difference between the two of you? Yeah, well, it, it comes back to the first question that you asked and, and my answer to that, which is that uh, at the end of the day, what people should be voting for uh, in a federal election is the person who they feel will best be able to represent their community um, the community's priorities, values, um, uh, and, uh, and, and just wake up every day going to work for them. And a lot of that connection has been lost. Uh, I think in the last election, only about 15% of people in Canada said that they even considered who their local candidate was, that they voted for the party. And that's really not the way our system is supposed to work. So the thing that I'm trying to persuade people in Toronto Centre of is that uh, I am the best representative for them and uh, our community in Ottawa, that in terms of delivering real results, uh, real representation, in terms of even as the leader of a party waking up thinking about the community, that I'm the person that is most likely to do that. Um, and that doesn't mean, by the way, not working with others, you know, it doesn't mean not working with other parties. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm the only one that can do that, but I really do believe that um, I've demonstrated and we're trying to demonstrate uh, through our volunteers and the things we're doing in the community that we are really committed uh, to, to uh, showing up for the community. And it needs a lot of help because even after all of these decades um, with um, representation from the Liberal Party, it still remains um, a community with a lot of major challenges uh, that need to be addressed. So I think it's time for something new and for some real representation. All right, Anime. Well, that was my final question for you today. And thanks again so much for joining me today. It was a real pleasure. And uh, thanks for some great questions. You know, it's, uh, it's always thought provoking when you get asked a good question. I, I like thinking about the reasons that I'm, I'm in politics in the first place. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks again for joining me. Okay, take care. Bye, Bye now. Take care, right. Bye.